This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Oh, I feel that uh, this is a catastrophe for both Ukraine and Russia. The view of the war from inside Russia. That was also my feeling before, uh, and that was the reason for me to think that uh, this kind of uh, open conflict between Ukraine and Russia uh, would be impossible. So I, I did not believe that it would happen uh, until it did. Sergei Utkin is head of strategic assessments at the Institute of World Economy and International Relations at the Russian Academy of Sciences. He has some keen insights about the war and its consequences. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Today, March 23rd, 2022, we learned that Anatoly Chubai, one of Vladimir Putin's top aides, had left his post. But not only that, he'd left the country. Chubai had essentially been a good friend and advisor to Putin since the 2000s, early in the 2000s. And for him to leave the country, it made a lot of people sit up and take notice. Also, we learned that Sergei Shoigu, the defense minister, hadn't been seen in almost two weeks. So that begged the question, what's going on inside Russia, and more specifically, inside the Kremlin? So we asked Sergei Utkin, who is head of strategic assessments at the Primakov Institute of World Economy and International Relations inside the Russian Academy of Sciences. And here's our conversation. Let me just uh, first ask you, Sergei, um, since this war began, how are things in Moscow right now? How are people feeling and, and what are you sensing uh, since this war began? Oh, of course, people in general, they first uh, feel uh, the economic consequences because uh, we had uh, both the sanctions impact and just the impact of uh, all the Western business uh, leaving the country, uh, all other negative economic effects. Uh, and this is what people notice, even if indirectly, if they see rising prices in shops, it's not like everybody would uh, immediately think of Ukraine. But uh, still, uh, you uh, kind of understand that the country is passing through a difficult period, even if you don't care at all about politics, uh, even if you are unable to build uh, uh, those connections between Ukraine and your own well-being, even then you feel like uh, things uh, are not uh, um, at the best, in the best of shapes, uh, uh, and they get worse and worse. Uh, just yeah. from one day to another, you have uh, rising prices and all that. Um, but uh, in uh, broader terms, I think uh, most people, they of course uh, hear about um, 
the events in Ukraine, but uh, uh, the majority still relies on uh, what they learn from the state TV, which is uh, one kind of uh, um, picture and attitude uh, that they receive. Uh, and you have uh, uh, those who use uh, a broader set of sources and uh, they uh, have a different uh, picture, not necessarily make different conclusions, but um, at least they, they get uh, more information, of course, uh, primarily by the internet. Um, uh, the uh, internet sources uh, uh, were hit by recent uh, censorship measures. Uh, so this will also influence uh, at least um, some part of the population that is uh, not uh, able or willing to overcome all those uh, censorship restrictions. Um, uh, so it's um, uh, definitely not a normal uh, uh, feeling that you have here, but uh, at the same time, uh, many people, they try to keep living as they did uh, before the war started. Sergey, how do you feel about this war? Well, I feel that uh, this is a catastrophe for both Ukraine and Russia. That was also my feeling before, uh, and that was the reason for me to think that uh, this kind of uh, open conflict between Ukraine and Russia uh, would be impossible. So I, I did not believe that it would happen uh, until it did. Uh, um, and now you have uh, all those dire consequences that I uh, more or less uh, could uh, imagine and that uh, led me to this uh, idea that uh, President Putin couldn't take this kind of decision because uh, he had to understand that uh, uh, this uh, will hit the country, uh, the economy that uh, he was trying to strengthen for many years uh, greatly. And uh, whatever uh, you could think of uh, his um, uh, moves uh, politically in terms of uh, uh, suppressing democracy and other things, uh, he was uh, always quite serious about uh, keeping the economy stable. And yeah. uh, this is what many people saw as his uh, major achievement, that he stabilized the economy, he ensured some level of economic growth, uh, probably not uh, in the last uh, 10 years or so, but uh, still uh, people felt like uh, uh, living at the time of Putin was uh, uh, way better economically than what they remembered from the 90s. And now all that was uh, gambled on Ukraine. Uh, and uh, so far, it looks like uh, even if there is some uh, kind of political gain that uh, um, President Putin will be able to sell to the people, uh, it will not be um, uh, the well-being. It will not be prosperity anytime soon. On the contrary, it will be a period of hardship. Uh, um, as a trade-off uh, against some ideological, if you like, gains, uh, which is uh, uh, not exactly the kind of social contract that uh, most people believed Putin had uh, with the population. You are speaking out about this, and um, the Kremlin has made it clear that it doesn't want people to speak out about this. Are you concerned at all about your safety and that of others who've spoken out? Well, there are risks, but so far I had uh, no pressure against me personally. Um, I think it's not like 
uh, everyone who is just expressing opinion uh, gets into trouble. Often depends on um, uh, work uh, environment, like uh, what kind of job people have. And uh, I'm just um, uh, happy to have the leadership in our research institute uh, who understand that in a research institute, you are supposed to have different opinions on things. Uh, uh, of course, there are also limits. And uh, if you uh, start uh, uh, protesting on the streets, uh, you will definitely get into trouble um, because we have uh, all those pandemic regulations in force uh, that basically prohibit any street protest. Um, but uh, if you just express your opinion about a political decision, I think this is uh, still allowed at least so far um mm. what it, what the new legislation prohibited uh, is what they call uh, discreditation of armed forces uh, of course this can be interpreted very widely uh, but uh, uh, it uh, is um, um, a piece of legislation that is uh, uh, hitting more seriously uh, journalists uh, who try to figure out what's happening on the ground. Uh, they have to report uh, what they see and if uh, there is a gap between what they see and what the official sources uh, tell you, like Russian official sources, uh, you may indeed get into trouble in accordance uh, with this uh, law. Um, but if you just have um, uh, an opinion that uh, uh, this whole thing is wrong politically, my interpretation that this is possible. So you mentioned a little earlier in our conversation that, um, uh, you know, the state TV is pushing the state TV, the, the Kremlin line. Yesterday, there was a very public display of disagreement by a producer at, uh, I think it was Russia T Russia's TV One. And um, I'm just wondering, um, we've, we've been told that, you know, her, her situation, she was arrested, obviously, and, and, and tried already within a day. Um, but I'm just wondering, do you think that may, may make a difference in the people's minds who have not or were not aware of this war or didn't believe that there was a war? Do you think that would make a difference? Well, probably not that much of a difference <laughs> among people who uh, did not know, uh, but it definitely cheered up those who uh, spoke against the war or uh, who uh, definitely believed that something wrong is happening. Uh, so they uh, already felt uh, very depressed uh, uh, and they uh, felt like uh, you couldn't do anything to change uh, what's going on. And suddenly uh, this uh, woman appears on TV screen everywhere and uh, people uh, probably thought, hey, uh, there are still things that can be done. And even those who work in the state propaganda machinery, they could do that. Um, but uh, uh, of course, this is just a standalone uh, uh, incident. Uh, uh, this uh, uh, woman, she was uh, so far released because she has uh, small children she has to care for. So that, that was uh, basically the reason why uh, she was not uh, kept uh, under arrest uh, for a longer time. Uh, but uh, she may still experience serious troubles uh, with, uh, with the law because of what she did. Uh, and uh, this would be used uh, as a message to others uh, uh, don't follow her mm -hmm. uh, so uh, as, as a standalone incident that uh, made people uh, feel you can indeed um, 
uh, protests in some meaningful way and uh, reach wider audience, uh, it, it mattered. But um, uh, whether you can change uh, people's mood and understanding of things, uh, uh, I doubt that. So there's another thing that's taking place, too. Um, in a conversation earlier in the week with some U.S. government officials, um, it was pointed out that Russia's economy, as you've alluded to, is not in a really good place right now. There's some talk that it might default uh, the central bank, et cetera, uh, very soon, um, maybe as soon as tomorrow or this week. Um, what do you believe is or are the possible options for the Kremlin, President Putin, what might be done if that takes place? What's going to be the reaction, do you think? Well, I, I'm not an economist myself, but uh, from what I hear from the economists, uh, <laughs> I understand that uh, most of the consequences that uh, matter for ordinary people, let's put it this way, already happened. Uh, you had uh, a very serious uh, drop of uh, ruble rate vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis euro and dollar. Uh, then uh, the central bank uh, basically uh, prohibited to exchange uh, uh, rubles to dollars and euros uh, officially via uh, the banking system. Uh, people can do it uh, sort of among themselves, but uh, uh, not in a regular civilized way that they could just before. They uh, cannot uh, uh, get from their uh, bank accounts uh, in euros or dollars anything but dollars in the amount up to 10,000 uh, uh, for the next six months. Uh, um, uh, so not every month, but for the next six months, they uh, can only withdraw this amount in dollars. Uh, the rest is only in rubles. Uh, so this uh, uh, degree of flexibility uh, that uh, exists because uh, Russia has uh, its own currency and the government can do a lot of things with it. Um, but uh, for uh, foreign investors uh, and uh, for um, uh, foreign creditors, uh, uh, this all can be serious because uh, um, the uh, Russian government is basically saying, uh, if we owe you anything um, under the current conditions when uh, the US and the EU decided not to deliver to us their euro notes and dollar notes and uh, restrict uh, all our economic activities, we can only offer you rubles. If you don't like that, uh, uh, well, nothing else we can do. And uh, then uh, you can end up with uh, Russia being brought to courts uh, everywhere because of that. Uh, will not be easy, but of course, uh, these kind of uh, uh, you know trials. Uh, is uh, not exactly what uh, people on the street uh, think about. Uh, and then uh, it will not be that hard to sell them this process as uh, um, another proof that uh, the West is just so anti-Russian and they uh, uh, want to get uh, money from Russia while they uh, deprive uh, Russia itself of uh, operating even with its uh, central bank reserves. Um, uh, so in terms of people's reaction, you can uh, sell it. But in uh, terms of... Uh, um, business uh, uh, relations uh, with Russia, any, any kind of foreign business, uh, any kind of foreign creditors, uh, this could constitute a serious trouble. One more thing I'd like to ask you, and then I'll ask for any thoughts you have. Um, 
What would it take to end this war from what you know, and uh, what kind of support does the inner circle of, of Mr. Putin, what kind of support does he have amongst those folks for this war? <clears throat> I think he still has uh, his team around him, uh, so they have basically uh, no other choice uh, by now, probably, uh, rather than to support him, or at least this is the impression that you get. Uh, you never know what can happen within the black box, uh, but uh, uh, in uh, on, on the surface, you don't really uh, see... Uh, reasons to believe there is some strong discontent that can influence uh, the uh, course of events. Uh, although, of course, you have uh, rich people who uh, lost money um, on their yachts and their villas, uh, uh, but uh, uh, that was the first thing that Putin tried to achieve uh, when he just came to power in early 2000s uh, to uh, make those rich people understand that uh, they will not be true oligarchs, uh, that uh, they will not uh, influence uh, political decisions, that uh, they will have their room of maneuver to earn money, but uh, for uh, that they uh, will have to stay away from, from power. The, that was the key message of this uh, Khodorkovsky process um, in the past. Uh, um, so uh, it's um, uh, not... Uh, uh, easy to imagine that you'd have um, indeed uh, some kind of uh, um, palace coup as people speculate these days, uh, something like that. Um, in terms of uh, um, the uh, possible um, outcomes of this uh, war and uh, how it could end, uh, I'd say uh, myself, I don't see good scenarios for Russia. But uh, that is, uh, if you look at uh, um, losses and gains uh, in material terms. Uh, so we will uh, live uh, a life that uh, will be significantly less good than what we had just before the war uh, in material terms. Mm -hmm. uh, but then one might uh, think of uh, sort of ideological gains, uh, which uh, to me seems the only explanation uh, why President Putin could take this decision, that he decided uh, that uh, uh, he couldn't uh, just uh, pursue uh, economic prosperity, uh, that he uh, had this historical task of establishing Russia as a standalone global um, center of power uh, that is separate from the West, uh, that is not guided by what the West is telling you, uh, that is uh, uh, able to uh, stand up to any kind of external pressure and uh, that is able to establish uh, control over its periphery or as uh, Mr. Putin probably sees that uh, this greater Russia uh, that uh, uh, the Russian Empire was and then the Soviet Union as just another form of, of this greater Russia. Um, probably he doesn't really have uh, the goal of uh, um, rebuilding the Soviet Union indeed in uh, the old borders uh, because that would mean Central Asia, which is uh, uh, quite uh, strong demographically and would just... Uh, uh, create a trouble for Russia potentially, but uh, he might indeed be very serious about this idea that he 
uh, promoted through his articles uh, that Russians, Ukrainians, uh, Belarusians, uh, they are one people, um, are divided uh, uh, unjustly, unlawfully uh, at the collapse of the Soviet Union. And all those uh, national elites of uh, Belarus and Ukraine, uh, they can be sort of reinterpreted and they are reinterpreted now as... Uh, um, nationalists who are just on the wrong path and who forgot about this uh, unity of nations uh, that has to exist. Uh, and then he could sort of aim at, uh, um, uh, uh, at reshaping the country as a, a, a global center of power of some 200 million people uh, with a, a very um, strong idea as uh, something that drives people together, uh, idea rather than prosperity uh, and um, the, the, the uh, power, the, the, the center of power that is uh, separate from the West. Uh, this could be uh, his uh, ideological concept that uh, many people believed for a long time was just uh, um, a smokescreen for other more important things uh, that uh, he was probably focusing on. But by now, it's uh, uh, very hard to interpret uh, what he's doing if you do not uh, refer to this uh, ideological layer of uh, his uh, political thinking. Sergey, um, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you for your insight. And thank you for your bravery. And, um, you know, good luck and stay safe. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode, what's eating at Vladimir Putin? I think he is getting even more paranoid these days. Andrei Soldatov is an investigative journalist and one of the world's premier experts on Russia's security services. Because the circle of people who are in position to tell him something and he would listen to is getting even smaller. Just how much smaller? Five years ago, it was about maybe two thousands of people. Now it's probably about three, four people. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm Martin Cove, Sensei John Kreese from Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid Trilogy. And who's kicking it with the Coves this week, Rach? We have Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk from Cobra Kai. I'm so excited. You know, my dad's a doctor, so he has to, like, wear the scrubs and the special hat and all that crap. And so he found out that I was getting a mohawk. He was like, dude, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could have a mohawk at my job. Oh, God, you're so lucky. Don't miss out. Listen to and follow Kicking It With The Coves. Now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.